I don't chew gum, but I'll pop your bubble anytime. Oh my god, wait, that was really good. Okay, I okay, this is this is mine. No, that it's not a chill in the air, I'm just a frosty bitch. But okay. I don't necessarily align with this tagline. I was just telling my husband, I was like, I have to come up with a new tagline for Andy's Girls. I'm not oh feeling God. creatively inspired. He was like, well, do you want it like Christmas holiday themed? And I was like, sure, we can do that. And then he came up with that. So I stole that from Brian. I feel like it could work for some some of these girls, though. I mean, I think it could, too. Also, listen, put on your best housewives visage, you know, like just do... A little pronounced like Michelle Visage. Just do a little, just do a little moment. Have a moment in the sun or rather the snow. I'm here for yeah. it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I'm into it. It's like a, it's a little bit of a fairy tale, these taglines, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. I can be a frosty bitch when I need to be, I guess. I can 100% be a frosty bitch when I need to be. Even when I don't need to be, I'm often a yeah. frosty bitch. So <laughs> welcome to wintertime. I guess it's really my season. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode, I don't know, leave me alone. And I am so excited for a return guest for an episode. I just feel a little hot and bothered. I just rewatched the end of Beverly Hills for the 18th time, and I feel like we have some things to discuss. So welcome back to AG, senior TV (laughs) reporter. I can't. You guys, just so you know, we're recording this at 8 in the morning. I've slept for like two hours. Senior TV reporter at page6.com and co-host of Page Six's podcast, virtual reality welcome back evan real evan how are we oh i am i'm great i'm always happy to be on andy's girls with you always in a better place when i'm here on zoom even better though when i'm in the clawfish irl it does look very beautiful on this blessed morning where we're having bravo for breakfast at 8 a.m We are literally having a Bravo breakfast, and I am extremely here for it. The dedication to cause on Christmas week, Christmas weekend, Christmas weekend plus, I mean, we're truly blessed over here in our Zoom kiki. We really are, and it's so, um, it just feels very overwhelming to have all these shows happening at once during this like weird time of the year where time and space don't exist. I feel like I hardly have the time and space to watch these shows, you know, just with like all the like family holiday stuff like going on. But it's, it's wild because I feel like several of these shows were reaching these like crescendos of Mm -hmm. drama and not just like wild drama, but like nuanced drama that you really have to like take time to unpack, especially with Beverly Hills right now, as you referenced in your incredible tagline, these, this bubble, like my, my bubble is burst because I am, I am, I'm a Dorit fan. Like I really, I really am a Dorit fan. She's one of those housewives that I have a, a friendly relationship with. She's always been so kind to me, so wonderful, so pleasant, so generous with her time. And it breaks my heart to see the way that scene was handled with Garcelle. I just, I know you definitely have thoughts and feelings. Of course, you've watched the scene multiple times. I could only watch it once. I was like, that is enough for me. 
Well, I mean, you have like good mental health boundaries and I do not, which I think <laughs> really answers that question of why I would put myself into the um, thick of hell for a couple <laughs> hours longer than I need to. Um, you know what? I get that. I, you know, have enjoyed Dorit on the show. I think some of us were surprised when she was asked back full time this season. Um, and, you know, I think it's been tough for her because her role at many points has been as like Kyle's confidant. And since that is filled, you know, God forbid, not only by someone else, by someone else, but by someone else who's like literally not even a cast member on the show, I think she's trying to figure out how to connect with the rest of the cast. Um, you could argue that Erica could have been in a similar position, but Erica's doing a much better job of actually connecting with people as, God forbid, human people than maybe Dorit has capacity to. Um, I wish I felt bad for Dorit, but I watched, I, I saw the post that she put up promoting the episode, and I just kind of thought to myself, wow, what a fucking bitch she is, huh? Because she, um, she posted, Evan's giving eyes, she posted in advance of the episode, obviously a wink and a nod to what happened at the tail end. Um, she said, happily living in my bubble with a little emoji of um, bubbles. R-H-O-B-H is the hashtag and then promotes the episode, which I wouldn't think anything of. I mean, her hair looks good. Her sweatshirt I thought was fun. Like she's making good use of whatever modified budget she now has, you know, because I guess the casinos are calling um, jackpot, by the way. And so, you know, it was unfortunate when you watch the episode and now I like get the reference of she's just directly mocking a black woman who's telling her she's triggered by using uh, language that Dorit doesn't understand because Dorit chooses not to. Um, but but in the moment, in the scene moment, Dorit's like, oh, my God, you know, Garcelle. I can't believe we're starting with this, by the way. Garcelle. <laughs> it's like we're, we're just going right to the meat of the matter. But like, Garcelle, why don't you teach me? All I need is for you to sit down and put up the emotional labor to educate me. Like, and then goes to her confessional where she says, all, all Garcelle had to do was tell me exactly what I did wrong and like put in the emotional labor, the thing that Garcelle in the moment said she refused to do, Dorit doubles down on. And then to see her put up that caption, I mean, maybe it's because she's decided like this is her storyline moment of conflict to promote I, I I probably if I was her noting the reception in the room which she made in, which was entirely Dorit's responsibility she made the vibe incredibly awkward I probably wouldn't make fun of that moment just thinking of the heat she would get I would hope at the reunion um Bravo at one point doubled down and commented on the post and was like, yeah, supermodel, whatever. And they got dragged um, and they have since removed the comment, which I think was the right call. Maybe we don't want to um, celebrate uh, Dorit putting up a comment that's like uh, celebrating, I guess, or weaponizing her blissful ignorance. But um, anyway, um, what an awkward moment of the episode. My fucking God. I don't even I think I would have I would have been annoyed. But seeing that Instagram post, I was like, oh, she just got me really fucking mad, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I did not watch the episode until a few days later, mm-hmm. literally last night. And so Love. I <laughs> I saw the post and obviously I just I saw hair and my gay 
brain was activated in a good way. I was like, oh my God, slay mama. Like I left like some very like embarrassingly <laughs> yeah, I get gay it. comment. I got it. Like, I got and it. So I, I was just t- taken by the bounce of her waves. Um, I, I was just really <laughs> entranced. And then I saw that you commented. It was like uh, Dame Valley commented on Dorit Kemsley's post and I saw your comment and I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> what happened? Like what happened? And then so I was like looking at the comments and I was like putting two and two together and I was like, holy shit, there was like some sort of like racist situation on this last episode. And then I I saw the scene and I was just like really uh, just struck with sadness because I don't think, I mean, I don't think that like Dorit is like racist. I don't, I, I just think that she unfortunately did have a microaggression moment and then somehow didn't use her social receptors to ascertain the sort of gravity of what she said in that moment. Um, and like you said, like it was such an awkward vibe and like it was it, even as a viewer, like you could just feel the awkwardness in the room uh, after her as she you know, her joke didn't land. Um, I, it just, I don't know. I, I can't believe it happened. Like I'm still like shocked because it, it just makes me so sad that like three years later, mm-hmm. the, any of those conversations that happened in 2020, and this isn't specific to Doreen, this is like speaking to society in general. It's like, what was it all for? Like, I thought we were all listening and learning and figuring this out. It seems like in like even like Bravo commenting like supermodel chic mode activated. It's like <laughs> the work that was done three years ago, like was it done in vain? Because like it seems like everyone like forgot what the fuck happened. I don't know. I just I really hope this is like a learning moment for Dury and I hope she's prepared for this to be addressed at the reunion because I'm sure that it will be. All right, I hope it is. I hope it is because I don't know. There is also a history of just like sort of like breezing over these kinds of things. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's like I I I hear you. I totally get it. I I do also think like it would be helpful. I think for all of us, myself included, to stop thinking in terms of like, is someone a racist? Capital R. Because if that mm. is the barometer that we're setting of like this kind of like old school, almost cartoonish idea of what it means to be racist. I don't know how many people, certainly several housewives would pass that bar, but I don't know if that's really the barometer that we should be weighing. Like, I think the conversation that people are having or that some people have had, not everyone, people have vehemently fought against this conversation, is to, like, be able to sit in discomfort and understand nuance. That, like, the conversation isn't, is Dorit racist? The conversation is, why is Garcelle upset in that moment? And how did Dorit respond to that? Dorit's response in real time was essentially to say to Garcelle, go fuck yourself. That's what she was saying in that caption. That is my opinion of what what Dorit was doing by posting just here in a bubble, making light of a moment that isn't to me terribly funny. Dorit has an interesting sense of humor. Like prior to that, Dorit was saying... (laughs) to Garcelle, you're attacking me because Garcelle was challenging her. Garcelle was 
not attacking her. She was challenging her. But Dorit has feelings that are typically at an 11. It's just interesting that Dorit has a very consistent pattern with Garcelle of sort of refusing to meet Garcelle where she is without hearing additional information. And what Garcelle, in my opinion, was doing was defending her friend because she felt like Sutton was referencing the making out with the driver, which we all need a photo of this gentleman because I feel in my heart that he is very attractive. I know it. The energy, the vibe. I watched the after show. I think he's a driver that's like uh, driven other housewives before. So they like know what he looks like. Dying to know because I just feel like he's got to be like really attractive. A 10 Mm -hmm. and like probably extremely cool. Like I'm just getting that energy. So like, you know, kudos to Sutton because I'm extremely here for her little meet cute make out. But um. I felt like, you know, Garcelle was trying to defend her friend and was challenging what Dorit was saying, which I thought was full of shit. Like, Dorit was like, we're all having fun in a situation which nobody was having fun because Dorit made it awkward. And Dorit compounded that by using language that is triggering for black women. It's like, it's a difficult thing to understand if you refuse to. So I believe that Dorit still to this day does not understand what happened because she doesn't want to. But Erica does. Like Erica got it in the moment. I don't know if this was bad editing or 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 not even bad editing. I don't know if this was editing or something else, but I was surprised Crystal didn't say anything. I was surprised Sutton didn't say anything. I was surprised Kyle, who now does her active listening, Shtick, I was surprised she didn't say anything, but they might have and it might have been edited out. But Erica was like on the ball and said the thing that some people understand, which is when you say to a black woman that you are attacking me, you are making her behavior and her response something that people should be afraid of. Like you are... And I hate, I know people hate when I use this word, but like, LOL, it's the end of the year. I'm gonna use it 85 times. She's weaponizing Garcelle's emotion against Garcelle. And Dorit doesn't understand that, again, because she refuses to. But I think other people watching do. And and it's also possible to disagree with this, as many people did. Um, It's surprising to me when I saw some of the handles (laughs) to my reaction on that post. I was shocked. I'm just kidding. At the people who <laughs> seem to um, have a difference of opinion, you can have a difference of opinion, but that doesn't negate Garcelle's feeling. And it also doesn't negate that there was at least one other person who was not black in the room who understood why Garcelle was upset. And Garcelle did the thing that I was like, fuck yes, which was to say to Dorit, it's not my job to teach you of to teach you this. Because as you said, we it was like a door was opened that had been open for a very very long time for a lot of black people that was seemingly opened anew for non-black folks in 2020 of like a real reckoning that dealt a lot with big picture issues but also about nuance and sitting in discomfort and the idea of saying to someone like what you said is racially insensitive you might have said something that was racist you might have said something that was problematic I'm not speaking of Dorit at all I'm just saying like in general there was a moment of 
understanding and and confusion that some people had in having a conversation that continues and that a lot of people you know, make mistakes and fuck up. I think the important thing here is what did Dorit do with that moment? She made it into an LOL. That's the thing to me that makes me really upset. Like imagine being Garcelle hearing about that caption. Like how would you feel to have been so upset in that moment to have another cast member support you? So and do the thing because maybe Dorit won't listen to Garcelle, but she'll listen to an to Erica, which is a whole other fucking problem that she doesn't trust Garcelle's emotions are valid. Like, that's a real fucking issue. But like to see that Dorit's making a joke of it, like, how can I how can I look at that and not be like, go fuck yourself? Like, that's such a shitty thing to do for a woman whose husband doesn't understand her emotions and her upset about being robbed like eight to 10 times, like a baker's dozen in the past year. And who's trying to prove to people that her trauma is uh, real and valid and deserves to be respected. Like you make a joke of this. I just you can disagree if you want. But to make it into a joke is like so shitty. Yeah, I I know. I feel like in the moment, Dorit didn't have the best reaction when does Dorit in the moment ever have the best reaction when she's challenged? That's what makes her a housewife is because she's so defensive. She's so defensive, which makes a person a good housewife. She refuses to get the temperature in the room. She's also a cancer. And so like cancers don't like to be like pushed yeah, into on a the corner. Show. Oh, you yeah. mean horoscope. Okay. Sorry. Oh, friend. no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just her, kidding. Her I'm being horoscope. an asshole. Just so I like when you, <laughs> you know, can- cancers are, cancers are very defensive. That's just part of their nature. Um, but that doesn't excuse Dorit for the way she handled it in the moment. I do, I, the the idea of Garcelle learning of the bubble post really just like puts like the biggest pit in my stomach. Like I can't imagine her like heartbreak and disappointment and just like the disgust she probably felt when she saw that. I was thinking that maybe Dorit had a botched reaction to the situation in the moment and that like, afterwards after she felt like the awkwardness in the room that she would like you know go home use these months to reflect and figure out how to make it better but it doesn't seem like she used that time for too much reflection (laughs) she was like what i i i'm thinking like was Doree just like sitting there like thinking about like how to make some cute use of the bubble emoji like was she just like sort of like <laughs> ruminating like thinking like oh my god i have like a really bomb insta post coming like the hair is going to be looking good the bubble emoji is going to be doing like i just i don't know like how did that make sense for her is what i'm just like not understanding but i also i do think i if if she was having that conversation with anyone else in the group I do like if it was Kyle or Sutton or or anyone else, I I do think she still would have used the word attacked, but she unfortunately didn't. Like I, it was almost like you were kind of like watching it in slow motion, right? It's like as she said it to Garcelle, I like I was like, oh, like like I feel like she should have and could have caught herself in that moment, to but she didn't. I don't know. I mean, what would she catch herself from? She disagrees that that what she said was 
inaccurate because she's saying like, oh, you educated me, which I watched that line delivery a couple times because I um, honestly couldn't tell when she was like, you know, when Garcelle was like, it's not my job to educate you. And Dorit was like, well, you did. I genuinely, genuinely didn't understand Dorit's intention in that response. Do you have any feedback on that? Because I really didn't get it. The way that I interpret it is like Garcelle and and embarrassed quote, in quotes yeah. embarrassed her yeah. in front of the group and that was her teaching her got it a lesson so that's got it, got what it, i it. think she was saying yeah i mean do I, could dorit have used that language against another cast member i feel like the answer is did she like did she in that moment say to anybody else i, I feel like you're attacking me like to the silence in the room or something i mean she didn't and there have been other moments where she has said things to Garcelle. I have not seen her use that same emotion with at least in person. Like she definitely has a lot of thoughts and feels about Sutton. She definitely feels a certain way about Sutton and it's it's not like necessarily great. But the whole the thing here that's like uncomfortable for people to reckon with, I think, is the idea that like um we have this whole thing of like all people should be treated equally and it's like, okay, got it. But all people are affected differently. So it gets to the heart of what Erica was saying, which like, again, shout out to Erica having a fucking miraculous season. Cause I can vibe with that woman. Like no other right now. Do you know, like, do you know what's so crazy is that, you know, just episodes ago, it was that awkward scene where she's acting, asking Dr. Jen how to get, or gain empathy and you're like Erica oh my god and then she's like now she's the, like she's expressing yeah. lots of empathy and emotional intelligence the fact that she was like so quick in that moment to explain the situation and also like you know Doreen and Erica I know that they had their little BravoCon PK hiccup but like they historically they've been pretty tight so it was nice to see Erica sort of step outside their whatever like Fox Force 5 loyalty yeah. they have to explain to her in that situation like this is not a good look you yeah. would think though like like you were kind of saying like maybe she values Erica's opinion over Garcelle's you, you would think that after Erica sort of like expressed that and laid it out for her that she would have immediately you know just sort of like stiffened up and been like oh okay like yeah that's that's exactly what is happening and I am sorry and that was a like you know what I mean but then she didn't she didn't. She doubled down in real time. She had yeah. a great little blowout with beach waves, you know, which I always think, what's that going to look like the next day? You know, how long are those beach waves going to last? I mean, longer than Dorit's apology, one could argue, you know, it's just like, it is one of those things like you, Dorit had the opportunity to, I don't know, listen to her friends who understood what Garcelle was saying or listen to her friends who like, maybe didn't, but got a sense that they needed to shut the fuck up and maybe they did some like little research after a little Google. Like it's like pretty easy. It would take 15 seconds since Dorit does not have that lived experience to ask like Dr. Google PhD, why is some language provocative um, when used against black women that is not as provocative or as shitty in a different way when used against women who are not black. Like, I, I can't, I, I, I can't, like, 
do that work for Dorit. The whole point is that her expectation in the moment and during her confessional was that it was Garcelle's job to. And it's like, I don't know. I've had experiences, you know, that aren't great where it's like I'm trying to explain something to somebody of why something triggers me. And they're like, I I need to learn more. And it's like, okay, well, it's very easy to do that labor, but you're expecting me to do it on your behalf. And oftentimes the person doing that labor is still fucked at the end of the day. You're just, you've done the extra work on behalf of the other person who doesn't have your lived experience. And then you're just kind of calling it a day. Like, I, I don't know. This is who Dorit is. Like, she doesn't, she, I, I don't know. She, she's not a great listener. She's like, she really is so guttural and being defensive which is something I think a lot of people can understand, like in general. Like, I think a lot of people struggle with that, myself included, of like, if someone's calling you out in the moment, like it can be hard in the moment to just be like, shut down, listen to what they're saying. Something is happening that's like much graver than maybe I intended, or at least I don't understand what's going on and I need to take a moment. Like, that's really, that, that, is tough. Like, and Dorit does live in a bubble. Like, and now she's proud of it and good for her. Like, you know, I don't know how long that bubble is going to last. I know that she's on a different journey as a brunette. Um, so we'll see how that goes for her. I did notice that she's added some golden to that brunette. So like, I think she's probably on a little bit of a spectrum right now. Um, (laughs) you know, it is one of those things that's like, Dorit is like, I don't know. Like, can we just, we're like two white people chatting. Like, uh, I think a lot of people are ignorant, myself included. Like, we're just, and you can say that about so many people. (laughs) It's just like, sometimes you might not have an understanding of the impact of a word being loaded when used against a person of color, specifically a black person versus other moments and people fuck up. And the importance is like, how did Dorit handle it? Not well, bitch. She doubled down on social and made it into a joke. So it's like, do I think she's racist? Like, that's not a question I care to answer because I don't think that's, I think that gives her way too much credit. Like, I also think it's way too long form. Like, this is a in the moment granular, what are words that uh, lead to tropes used against black women to silence them about black women's feelings being uh, uh, sort of assigned to the idea of a quote-unquote black angry black woman stereotype. like, And the idea for a lot of people is like, wait, I have to behave differently. I have to use different words with some people than others. Like, People want to have the freedom to express themselves however they want. People don't want to feel like they have a responsibility to edit. And it's like, okay, well, if you don't, if you rely on words that are attached to a really ugly history and stereotype, like you're going to get a response from people. You're going to get a response from Garcelle. You're going to get a response from Erica. You're going to get a lot of people with like very uncomfortable eyes just staring at you. And, you know, Dorit's just having fun, right? She's having a fun night. Yeah, I think that also something that lets me know that she didn't understand it after the fact was like in her confessional, of course she's doubled down on like you know she implied that it was garcelle's job to teach her but then like she also um I- i'm just like 
thinking about that moment specifically, like, I feel like she would have expected the same of like Kyle or Sutton, like, let's talk about it. Like, why don't you want to talk about it? Like, why do you know what I mean? So that's why I think that like, she, I don't know, would have handled the situation similarly with other it's like she's just like maybe she's consistently emotionally lazy (laughs) right right i think that i I don't even mean that to be a dick it just comes naturally to me but like (laughs) right that's i yeah i think like she has like her housewives blinders on like this is how we do conflict and then we exacerbate it in the confessional and this is how i would have handled the situation with garcelle versus sutton versus kyle versus like whatever um she just the sensitivity towards this specific issue with garcelle was looked over and that is the issue so i am hoping praying wishing dreaming and manifesting that dorit formulates some sort of meaningful apology to either well i think she should publicly express it but i think that she should also express it very sincerely to garcelle at in private but also make it known at the reunion that hey i'm dorit kemsley and i effed up and i'm very sorry and i'm sorry to garcelle and i'm sorry to the audience and i'm especially sorry to any of the people of color who watch the show who were hurt by my reaction to this whole situation. I'm I'm rooting for Dorit's reformation. I think she owns dresses from reformation. I think that's probably in her current budget. So I think we're halfway there. You know, like they're having a sale right now. It might have ended. We're recording this on Friday. It may have ended, but I think it is in fact continuing and it's up to 70% off. And I know that their materials are not what they once were. And I know that they have like among the absolute worst customer service of any business that I've ever continued to frequent while being absolutely like retail abused by like ordering things that never arrive and then being like, LOL. So maybe, maybe she'll show up in like a beautiful linen schmata that will, you know, be with her like very odd, somber looking wardrobe that she's decided to inhabit with her new brunette journey. Um, I mean, like anything is possible. We all fuck up. Like you're going to put as much. It's different because it's in front of a camera crew and she feels like publicly embarrassed and feels like she's been dragged and she doesn't understand why. And obviously she's done the work of like talking to Kyle, who definitely gets it, even if she pretends she doesn't. And talking to Erica, who gets it and also says the thing out loud in the moment when we don't see other people doing the same. Like. I don't know. Did she do that labor? Is she going to apologize to Garcelle for which part? The thing that she said on camera? When she was coached to double down or maybe didn't have an issue doing that months later on the confessional or on social yesterday, like, or whenever the fuck Beverly Hills aired. I don't even remember. I mean, more than, more than anything, I just hope Garcelle is like, okay. I mean, I know she's okay, but I hope she's okay and that her feelings are all right in this moment. Cause I'm sure that, and I'm sure like, obviously Garcelle is like a very like strong, solid girl. Like she, I, I I don't think she needs my my well wishes at all. Right. She's also a human person who was right. who who felt like I mean I'm using this word I think correctly who felt attacked by Dorit's right. Know, yeah. Upset. I just yeah hope that she's okay in all of this. But 
we also i feel like Doree was doing a lot of work in that scene other than the garcelle stuff then she like immediately was it like a deflection from the garcelle stuff to just immediately bring up De- uh, denise and erica oh like that was the funniest and the way that erica was like are you fucking kidding me like erica completely called it out because yes dorit 100 percent was like i need the heat that was very funny she was like i need the heat off me so who's like the closest bait that i can kind of throw to the cameras and cast and it looks like it's gonna be denise i mean don't feel like the beverly hills cast and i was just talking about this with my husband last night when we were watching like they almost just feel a little bit more reckless in their actions, like as a whole. Like I felt like uh, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills was, and not reckless, like in, I mean, in the Garcelle and Dorit situation, that was reckless yeah, in a yeah. bad way, but like sometimes like reckless in kind of like a fun way. Like <laughs> the fact that like Dorit was just like so willing, I mean, obviously she wanted to get the heat off of her, but that she was just like, fuck it, let's, let's throw that at the wall, see if it sticks. And then like also, um, there was a confessional from Kyle on this last episode where she was like making fun of Sutton's accent and then also Sutton saying the word accomplished 10 times in one sentence when she was sort of like, what was Sutton even like justifying in that moment? What Was that the thing of like when Sutton was like, I don't have a drinking problem because like I'm on this path and it's like a beautiful path and a fast path. Oh, yeah. And like Sutton's on the fast pass to like life and you can't get off the fast pass. Like anybody who has a, you know, unlimited Metro card understands, I guess, her energy. Like I'm just I'm (laughs) one stop away or 10 stops away, but there's a moving train and this motherfucker is not delayed on like every subway in New York City. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really, truly hope it won't be my last. 
the lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Um, introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkels-clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash andyscrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash andyscrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. Yeah, and then she was like, I'm going to be moving ahead and y'all are going to be like a hundred feet behind me gossiping. <laughs> I don't know, but the the way that like, I don't know, Dorit, Dorit's like hyper deflection in that moment with like the Denise and Erica added with Kyle just like making fun of, and I know that Kyle and Sutton have not had a, a great situation this season. So obviously that's why maybe she was a little bit more uh, willing to make fun of her in the confessional. But I, what I'm saying is that like, I just feel like there's a lot of behavior happening on Beverly Hills right now that we wouldn't have seen like three years ago. And maybe it's like the absence of Rinna, like people miss that unhinged energy. So they're going to like unhinge the door themselves. I don't know. That's what, that's what I think. I feel like now that like Rinna's gone, like we're missing that sort of like chaotic unhinged vibe. And so the girls feel that void. And so they're like, okay, we, we've got to bring the unhinged, injury to the show again and that's what i feel like they're serving a little bit this season and i'm not mad at it because i don't miss rinna and i'm enjoying the some of the unhinged antics 
That's interesting. I mean, I feel like Rinna wasn't unhinged in the last couple. I felt like she was like sort of tired. Like I felt like it was it wasn't um, organic. It didn't feel natural. It just was like kind of dumb. And I think what we're watching right now is like women sometimes behaving poorly and not maybe having the best strategy or whatever else or or going off their instinct. I don't know how much of that is because Rinna's absence makes them feel like they need to duplicate that energy versus Rinna's absence enables them to have more energy. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good take, actually. Yeah, they probably feel like the freedom. They're like... Yeah. Like, Rinna was that girl, but I've always been that girl. So let me be that girl. Like, let me, I'm taking, yeah, that's funny. I feel like that could be part of it, too. I don't know. I wasn't really thinking about Rinna's absence and how it was impacting this season in the in the beginning of the season. And, and now I'm, like, having that thought. I'm, like, how is Rinna being gone, like, sort of affecting these girls on camera, decisions and behaviors but I think that's a really interesting take like she could like the other girls were just waiting in the wings I think so I think Rinna just took up a lot of air in the room and that worked to our benefit for several years and then it stopped working to our benefit and then she became unglued on social because I think she was still trying to figure out but wait I'm the one who gets to like take up all the air like I carry all this oxygen for the show why are people saying they don't want it anymore? Or why are people saying that it's too much? Like, how does that make sense when for several years she was celebrated for being too much? I think, I don't know that the cast is like mimicking the too much of it as much as they're just like existing in a universe without Rinna and seem to be doing a pretty good job. Yeah. I I would be so curious to know how Rinna would have reacted in the Dorit versus Garcelle. I also would be really interested to see how Rinna would have reacted in the Denise versus Erica and bringing up Sammy's OnlyFans. I mean, the thing is with like Denise, like you come on the show, you bring up a four-year-old issue, like literally it was like from four years ago. Like Erica said, like, what do you think is going to happen, girl? And like to still be talking about the talk of threesomes and the children and like, I mean, Erica does have a point. Do I think it's like a, like a little like ick to bring up her daughter's OnlyFans, like kind of, but now her daughter's an adult and she's on OnlyFans and she's very proudly on OnlyFans and she's always giving us updates about her success on OnlyFans. She's constantly talking about her plastic surgeries on social media. Like she is really in her like, proud to be an OnlyFans girl era, which I, like I'm, I am empowering her. I think that's amazing for Sammy, but like to, for Denise to make it such an issue all these years later about like the threesome discussion at the part, like, I don't know. I, I felt like, uh, I felt like Erica did what needed to be done in that moment. And I'm enjoying Denise being back on the show because she seems to be like activating situations, mm. but I, I don't understand her I don't know. Like, I, I'm surprised that this is the thing that she's holding on to and the thing that she has decided to make her conflict or, or journey on, like, as she does this cameo arc on Beverly. I don't know. What do you think? Like, do you think she needs to let it go? I mean, I think Denise ran into some issues 
at the dinner party, you know, expressing herself. And I think part of that issue was not just in her communication style, but in like the ways that she thought of Erica versus Erica as an extension of Rena. Like, I don't believe that the only thing she was focused on was Erica talking about Denise's kids, though one could argue that could be enough. Um, when you rewatch that scene of what Erica said at that like weird cookout, I think the thing that I forgot was the fact that she did say like your kids have probably, this is not direct, the direct cut. This isn't the direct language, but like something along the lines of like your kids know what a threesome is. Like they've probably already had one, which if you're a parent who's like co-parenting LOL or whatever with Charlie Sheen, who's been very public for his escapades over the years, I would think Denise would feel, and also, you know, Denise might be carrying some stuff from her career. I think she might feel a certain way about her. Like sex. Well, about the fact that her co-star said on camera, making a joke, one would hope that Denise's minor children had already participated in a threesome. It's just sexualizing her kids it's not just suggesting something as a joke. It's like directly sexualizing her children who were teenagers at that point. I would understand why Denise would be upset about that. But I also think that's like not the only thing Denise was upset about. And she kind of fucked it at the dinner party because she couldn't express herself for varying reasons. So like to come now and talk about it, I think if she because it's hard because like I think Erica's response was like, but my intent was but the th- but she gets the difference between intent and impact when it comes to like Garcelle and Dorit. But when it comes to this situation, it's like, I understand what Erica was saying, but she did use direct language that was like a one-off. Like I'm sure she wasn't being literal. I actually don't think she was being literal. I really, cause that would be so gross if she was, but like at the end of the day, in order to prove her point, she did kind of like throw Denise's kids into the mix and suggest some sex stuff which we've also seen ex- uh, examples of on Salt Lake, albeit with an older child. Like when cast members are talking about another cast member's child's sex life, like Heather's kid is an adult, right? A college student. What they're doing with Denise, what Erica did with Denise's child at that point, it wasn't ideal. I wish that there had been a conversation done by Denise or maybe Erica didn't remember genuinely that was just like yeah but like as a part of what you were saying as a part of making an example you said that my child had participated in a threesome that makes me very uncomfortable like but instead it kind of skirted around that and then Erica broke Denise like (laughs) she just she fired a couple shots that were like perfectly aimed and like very cutting and Sweet little Denise can't follow up to that because she's just kind of aghast. And it's it's tough. I think it's tough. I, I wish that Erica had been like, oh, my God, when I said that your child had participated in a threesome, I was just doing a one off, like very quick, like, you know, the words were just coming out of my mouth. I did not mean that they had literally done that. What I was saying was children have access to information that is very different from when you and I were kids that like they understand things likely at an earlier age just because of the internet because of 
the access to all of this. Like they might understand or have misunderstandings about things at an earlier age. I wish, I wish that maybe had been more a, a part of it. That's what I think Erica was trying to say. She just maybe forgot that in order to say that, she also said like this one other thing, which is the thing that Denise is focusing on. Yeah, I think that in this situation too, Erica is also like, I think some of her delivery can be like cutting and cold because she's like, bitch, why are you coming back around like four years later to talk about something that like we could have talked about back? I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel like Erica doesn't necessarily have the patience for this. And like, if Denise wanted to come back and have a fight, like let's have a fight. I mean, I do agree. Like with the fact that like minors and discussions of threesomes, like shouldn't, you know, that, that doesn't mix. But now that we're like, it's four years later, the kids are older. The, the drama is dusty and stale. Like what, like, what are I just don't understand what Denise's like intent was here like was she bored and just wanted to like come back around and like finish uh, like this is like part two she just needed a break like a four-year break and now she's ready to like actually squash the beef like I just I just don't I'm like not uh understanding and I feel sad for her that like her foray back into this world what has been so messy it doesn't really seem like she was ready like to do this again I feel sad for her if she didn't get paid for any of this because she says she, she, she claims she did. Okay. Cause when she, okay. So tell me more about that because I didn't listen to, um, Madame Frankel's interview with Denise. I just know from a prior interview that Denise said that like when she first showed up this season, the production didn't know she was just showing up at Garcelle's screening to like be a friend. And then from there, obviously something grew. So like, what's your understanding of her compensation or her like deal arrangement or whatever? I did. I also did not listen to Madame Frankel's uh, <laughs> interview. We're just very busy. Okay. Just living our <laughs> lives. Just but living, I, out, uh, living out loud. I, uh, I saw some bullet points on social media and one of the bullet points that I saw was that she claims that she was compensated for her work on Beverly Hills this season, which I hope okay, is good. the case because I, at least she's getting paid. I don't know what else she's getting out of this situation. Although I like, I don't know. I did. <laughs> I, the, the Dorit and, and Denise ASMR whisper fighting over the jacket is that was to me, that's kind of like a fun iconic moment now. So maybe Maybe she'll be able to like make lemonade out of lemons there and come out with like a line of jackets on QVC or something. <laughs> like I I would love that for her, honestly. I I just um interviewed Danny Pellegrino for a page six gift guide and his <laughs> I asked him what he would get, like his housewife his his favorite housewives is here for Christmas and he said he would get Denise <laughs> a reversible <laughs> jacket, which it was so funny. Um, oh my god, I, I love like Danny. She would, she would enjoy that. Yeah. Oh my god, Danny is the best. We just had him on the podcast, and we ended up like talking about Jessica Simpson for forty minutes, which was <laughs> such a such a joy. Wait, what is your? I I don't know if you have thoughts, feelings, opinions, or love for Jessica Simpson, but do you have a favorite Jessica Simpson song? Um. Oh my god, can you? <laughs> Wait, can you name a couple? I'm not good at naming songs. Like, honestly, I could not. I really can't name songs. I This is like a terrible thing. I, I'm like this with literally everybody. 
So there's like irresistible or with you or a public affair or um, I want to love you forever. I think I'm in love with you. Lots of love um, in her discography. But I okay. So clearly, if you can't name a Jessica Simpson song, <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't love her like. Like a, like a, maybe a gay boy loves her. You did have, you did post, which I did participate in, a ranking on your Instagram stories yesterday where you were like, rank in whatever order and safe space, which I always love when you're like, no one is in trouble. Like, it doesn't matter how you rank. We love you regardless. But like, rank in order, your order of preference or like how these people affected you, like Brittany, Jessica, Christina, and Mandy. So uh-huh. I... I ranked Brittany number one, Christina number two, Jessica number three, Mandy number four. And that's being from the teen bop years, like from the, you know, um, pop star era. That is the order that most people agreed on. And I think that's like a solid order. Obviously, for me, Brittany is always going to be number one. And I think in that time, like she was Mm -hmm. she was just she was a number one girl. Um, But I and I, I do think that Christina at large, it should take number two because because of her impact on pop culture. However, I I go back to Mandy and Jessica's discography more often than I go back to Christina's. So if I'm being oh, completely yeah. honest, like yeah. Mandy and Jessica are like co number two for me, and then Christina is third. She's not last place. I don't want to like. Put that on Christina. She's not a last place girl. But um, I do listen to Jessica and Mandy more than I listen to Christina. And that's just because, and this is like a me thing, and I'm owning it, Lisa Rinna style. I can appreciate her vocal abilities. However, I prefer like a, like a sweeter, softer voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, that's why like I love Mariah Carey. Till the day that I die, but like, I prefer like a Janet, a little sexy whisper. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I just soft and sexy is my vibe. Listen, I mean that's a front runner for a title of app. I don't think it's gonna win, but I think that is a front runner for title of app. Listen, before we wrap, we need to talk about Salt Lake. We need to talk about Salt Lake. We need to talk about. The trailer for Salt Lake's finale, which who allowed? I mean, Jesus himself was like, I was born the day of the Salt Lake City finale for season. I don't even know what we're on for. Like, I I cannot believe that Salt Lake City is being allowed a week without the finale and we have to wait two weeks. Like, that feels like a crisis. No, it's like cruel and unusual punishment. And also what's a little bit uh concerning to me just for like the fandom and like spoilers is like you know bravo fans are detectives and the blogs are talking and social media is talking and so i'm just scared that like this big twist is going to be like we already kind of like have rumblings like we kind of know what it's going to be but like I don't know. I just don't want it to be like full fledged, obvious in your face. This is what it is. Like, I do want that like shock, that like twist factor. Like, I want to feel some like whiplash. Like, I, I just hope that the time between now and when the finale actually airs, like, we don't ruin what happens. But 
you and I can speculate on what happens. What do you think? Like, what do you think happens? Um, I think it's an amalgam of like a couple different things. Like I, I, I don't know what started this, but I think Heather receives proof that what's her face, Monica, I just forgot her name, that Monica was, how could I do that? Uh, that Monica was behind the DMs. And like, maybe there are some examples of like Monica's a little Bebe Shaw, um, just in terms of like, producing and saying things on social and doing things that maybe other cast members didn't want to do because it was so horrifyingly mean. Um, So I think it's just kind of some of that. Like, I don't think it's going to be like a huge and maybe it's the fact that not that there's maybe there's something related to the beauty lab and not paying, but that feels like a much uh, less, much less of a deal, much more specific to like Heather's work stuff. Like if Monica was like, you know, using an alias and stepping out in some bills, like that feels more like a Heather issue than a cast issue. The cast issue would be if Monica was sending anonymous Instagram DMs to like lure Meredith Marks into a trap. Um, Poor Meredith. <laughs> like, Wait, did you Meredith. see though? I, th- I I don't know if you caught this, but I feel like because like speaking of like the beauty lab stuff, I felt like this was like a wink to that drama or like we were like teeing up that drama when Monica was at the dinner table and was like, I can't feel part of my face. Like, did you catch that? No, I didn't. She was like, oh, I can't feel part of my face. And then that's what prompted the discussion about Heather Gay's Bell's palsy Costco struggles. And oh. that so I feel like that was like the producers like including that or the editors including that so so that it makes sense when that probably comes up on the finale as like part of the like shitstorm of drama and accusations and whatever against Heather and, and stuff on Monica's part. So that's what I think. I think that she's going to like somehow or that's just I, I'm assuming that that's why they included her talking because it was kind of random. They were just like sitting at the table and she was like. I like can't feel part of my face. I felt like that was like her planting that oh. seed. Oh. So that maybe she knew she was gonna get caught and she was just like leaving a seed just in case. I don't know. Cause it kind of, yeah, like maybe. Like, I don't know if like Monica's like some mastermind or has like I good mean. intuition or I, it's just, and then like also the part when she's on the beach, when she's like sort of as uh, Queens of Bravo pointed out, like telling on herself, saying that like creating a Finsta is something I would do. And then she posted that on her story and was like, I've been telling on myself this whole time. So it, honestly, it kind of seems like Monica's the one putting the spoilers <laughs> out there. Don't we think that there would be something more than this? Or is that the thing? Like, if it's, is that a disappointment? If, if it turns out that the big reveal is like the fact that she was um, <laughs> really genuinely like driving over Meredith Marks with a Meredith Marks branded like Mack truck? Like, is that, is that enough of a huge, is that what would really upset Heather? I mean, I think like, Maybe it would just upset her to know that she was using the Finsta to attack everyone on the cast. And, you know, oh, Heather right. Right, and right. Heather and Meredith, you know, have been tight for a good amount of time. So then, you know, with like the specific Meredith, Meredith portion of it, like maybe that also infuriated Heather, too, because we see that Heather did question Meredith and question like her own thoughts and feelings and opinions about Meredith. And she was like, could this be you? like it? It almost did feel like for a second that like 
Heather believed that Meredith could be behind it. And it's so crazy. Like, I don't think that Meredith is DMing. I just don't think she, like, has the the time. I'm not, like, maybe she would, like, like, everyone loves to talk shit. Like, I'm sure, like, Meredith and everyone else on the cast, like, talks shit and talks about SCC filings and this and that and the other. But I don't think that she's, like, taking the time to create fake instead and sending things to people or whatever but that scene at the dinner in the cave when like lisa and whitney specifically are just like going in on merit it was just like oh my god like i just it's crazy and then so yeah i I, maybe because like there is so much like assumption like so many assumptions that meredith is behind some of these dms that like as a cast they think that it's like such a big twist that it's Monica because they had been placing so much blame on Meredith because the cast themselves like they're the ones like out here in interviews talking about like oh my god it's like this crazy twist like you'll never believe I was actually we had Meredith on the podcast and I was trying to extract from her like what (laughs) happens and she's very measured with her words so she didn't give too much away uh but she was saying how like I was trying to like see who was involved the most in whatever this big twist is. And so this was before the episodes aired where like people thought she was behind the DMs, but she was saying like, I was involved a little bit more. So it impacted me kind of in a different way than the other ladies. So I think it's like, everyone thought it was Meredith. Then like the big twist is that, Oh, it's Monica. So that's what I think. I mean, Lisa's gonna have to make a little bit of an apology to Meredith for screaming at her like 18 times about the fact that Meredith absolutely did this over the course. I was when I watched that the second or third time, I was like, oh, shit, Lisa's gonna have to do a little apology tour, I think. Can I just say that I loved it? It was almost like such a relief to me to see Meredith and Lisa going at it and then to see them you know, having a little kiki in the back of the bus celebrating Brooks being signed to Ford models and then Monica questioning that at the dinner table and then Meredith and Lisa explaining, well, and this was more like Lisa's perception, like we're sisters, like we fight like crazy. Like I tell my sisters like die bitch and then like we're laughing and smiling (laughs) 10 minutes later. And I just love a chaotic sister-like friendship. Like that, I find that like, very endearing i like that lisa and meredith are in a place where they can be like die bitch but like let's give brooks his flowers and celebrate that and cuddle up in the back of the sprinter van i don't know i just i'm happy that they've finally reached this spot in their friendship because like you get those like great like dynamic moments where it's like like you know like lisa and meredith like back in the old days but then if they really want to now they have both given themselves permission to hold each other accountable or like put each other in their place if they need to be put in that place. I don't know. Like, I don't, do you, do you hold a similar opinion or do you wish we were like fighting again? No, I was extremely into it. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that they were like, it's not that we're not going to have a conversation to talk about this stuff. We just don't need to have that before we have affection for the other person. I think it was like 
lovely. I think that's like kind of the goal of what we want to see is like these women sometimes drag each other and then be like, let's take a selfie. Like that is, that's the best case scenario. We don't want to live in only darkness. And I think because Monica was like sort of trained at the Jen Shaw school of like practical magic that she doesn't necessarily understand how there can be lightness. She just Mm -hmm. kind of looks at it as there should only be conflict. And I also think it's just going to be, it's going to be a little tough for whatever this, whatever is revealed when the cast is like, I was betrayed. This is the worst thing that anyone on Salt Lake City has ever done to anyone else because they were personally affected versus the distance some of them had or the distance some of them created for themselves over, you know, Jen Shaw's crimes because they happened to other people. So they mm-hmm. had the benefit of being, I mean, if you could call it a benefit, of the punishment, whatever, of being connected to someone who'd been credibly accused and then pled guilty to like these horrifying crimes because it wasn't, because the only crime against them was like being treated like shit and then lied to, they found it in their heart of hearts to like, find a way to humanize Jen until she was no longer on the cast. Like for some of them, not all of them, but like, and with the Monica stuff, it's like, I'm not taken away from Monica, like maybe being like a crafty motherfucker. It's just, it, there is like that little bit of like Heather getting really upset. because Monica's a bad person, not because she maybe like stole granddad's retirement income, but because she created an Instagram, like, I'm not saying that's not terrible. It's I'm just saying like, sweetie, like (laughs) I wish we'd seen a little bit of this with Jennifer, but I I understand why it's tricky. It's it's tricky and people are tricky. And, you know, when you're personally affected by something, you know, you're going to have feelings, I guess, than when your cast member steals millions of dollars um, from, you know, people most in need of uh, holding on to their cash. Um, so wait, so the Monica stuff, so it's Monica maybe created that Instagram and by Instagram, I actually just mean the like sending messages to herself and also Meredith Marks. But on top of that, there is also a conversation on social, um, started seemingly by Jen Shaw's former assistant, again, another person who would (laughs) at that school of practical magic who said that uh, essentially Monica is behind this like sort of fan account that has like 5,000 followers or something. And I guess said a lot of bad stuff about members of the cast. And so Jen Shaw's former assistant's like, Monica was behind this fan account that was like really mean about other people. So I guess it's both of that. Both are Instagram related. That's what I think. And I don't know. I just... I was, when Monica first joined the cast, like, I, first of all, I think she's stunning. I think she's so beautiful. Um, and I thought she brought a really fun energy. I thought, like, the Jen Shaw through way, like, through line was really um, captivating. Uh, but I just, like, I'm so disappointed if this really is the case, which I think it is, that she would create these, like, fake social media accounts to drag the cast like I don't know, like becoming a housewife is like such a once in a lifetime opportunity. Why would you like taint your experience by doing all this? Like, what are you, what are you getting out of it? Then it's like I don't know. You kind of put yourself in this space where you're not really a housewife. Like you're just kind of like it's giving like creepy fan. You know, like I don't know. I 
I want to give her the benefit of the doubt that this wasn't her and this, you know, we're all wrong here because I was really enjoying her as a housewife. But like, if this is the case, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to like, I don't know, like, it's just going to be weird if she continues to stay on the ship. Do you want her to come back if this is the case? Like, I don't Do you think it's weird? Does it make you? I don't know. I mean, I'm honestly upset about it because I think Monica has been excellent casting. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that, like, I don't think she's been manipulative. I think she's been, like, great for the show. And, like, honestly, a breath of fresh air just being new air. But if the air actually isn't that different from Jen Shaw's air yeah. and we're just recycling Shaw I, I don't know I, I I think it was thinking really really short term I don't think it was necessary and it does make me feel concerned for what how this story can continue with Monica which is like sort of unfair to us because I think the show has had such an incredible season mm-hmm. and it just might have fucked itself with the upcoming apps. Although maybe the way they move forward is if Monica was like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I plead innocent to all charges made at this reunion couch. And um, and the cast agrees to disagree. Or maybe next season is about them suspecting her. But let, that feels kind of tired. Yeah. Well, it seems like the only person willing to film with her or move forward with her from the women I've spoken to, including this woman herself, is Mary Cosby. And Mary Cosby... Who cares what the fuck Mary Cosby is? I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. That's the thing. It's like Mary Cosby is like no longer part of this season. She's a friend of. She's giving her best Sprinter van mcdonald's energy she's a friend of who was like iced out of you know iced out by production for like the second half of the season so like you know monica if monica's only ally is mary cosby at this point like i i don't know how that's looking i mean and even monica did say like in a comment like someone said like monica better come back next season or something and then Mm -hmm. she commented back like i don't know if that's ever going to happen so i mean Clearly, it's like a something that seems to be up for discussion. Heather Gay very much said that she refuses to film with Monica moving forward. I can't, I just can't imagine the other women wanting to film with her. And like, I don't know, it just, yeah. Also, not to be a dum-dum, but like, why is Heather so upset? Is it because of the beauty lab stuff? I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe maybe the beauty lab stuff does make it tougher for Heather. But I also feel like Heather, you never, <laughs> you never know why she's like spe- like super mad at something versus not mad at all about something else. So <laughs> maybe this just like is part of that Heather Gay, uh, the the Heather the excitement of seeing will Heather Gay be mad? Like, how mad will she get? I feel like I'm never like. I don't know. She always takes me by surprise with her reactions to certain things like that fight between Heather and Whitney over the alleged exploitation of Whitney's vagina in her book was so wild to me. But also, I don't I don't know if like Whitney's upsetness was justified because I did read the book and like I don't remember like any explicit vagina exploitation. Like I just remembered it sort of how Heather described it on the show as like oh I just like included this little anecdote about 
my first time meeting Whitney was like shooting a boudoir shoot for her and Justin. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't. Did you read the book? Do you remember any vagina no, exploitation? I haven't had the opportunity or pleasure, but I did hear it was a good read. Genuinely. I think Whitney saying you exploited my vagina was just sort of like the cherry on top for lack of a better. <laughs> it was a good line. It was a really good line. I will it say was. that. Like, it was a good line. It was like not, I, ba- I was confused by it. Um, because she felt that not that Heather quite literally exploited her vagina, although maybe she did. I think she just felt like Heather relied on Whitney's sexuality instead of uh, unpacking her own. But because I haven't read the book, I don't know how I feel about that. But as someone who hasn't read the book, which I'm assuming meant, I know it's a bestseller, but I assume that there is a a pretty decent subset of the viewership that hasn't. I'm sort of relying on what Heather is saying and what Whitney is agreeing to, which is the fact that like Heather sent Whitney either a galley of the book or just the parts that she was featured in and asked her if she was okay with it and removed something that Whitney asked her to remove so like to say this now it feels Mm -hmm. a little bit like she was hyped up by a producer to bring this up and it just Mm. didn't land well and heather thought it was bullshit because i think it sort of is and then it it didn't it just i think it would be a different conversation if heather hadn't sent whitney stuff and hadn't taken out something that Whitney requested because it doesn't sound like Whitney requested for the entire thing to be removed the entire like and what part of this is upsetting because like Whitney's sexuality I I don't know because again I haven't read it but like Whitney is Whitney upset that she was characterized as someone participating in a boudoir photo shoot because I don't I'm trying to understand how that would be uh, more upsetting than like oiling down Justin on camera, which I think got Justin fired. Like, how does Whitney's choices, how does that land with Whitney feeling like her experience or sexuality was used by Heather? Like Whitney's Whitney in the Justin scene was able to make the decision. Like she wasn't, one could argue, by being written about by Heather, but Heather gave her the language, the words used so that she could ensure that Whitney was okay with it. So how was she being used at that point when she's able to sign off? Like that's something that not a lot of people would do aside from saying, is this factually correct? Right. Right. Yeah. I think, I think your assumptions probably accurate that a producer could have hyped her up to make this a thing. Because I actually, when I, when I heard that Heather conferred with her to figure out what she would and would not include in the book, like clearly like she knew the anecdote about the boudoir shoot was going to be in the book. And it was very nice of Heather to, you know, work with her on how she wanted to, wanted this story to be portrayed because I forgot what the line was that she took out but it was like a specific it was was like a very specific sentence that like she repeated to her like you did not want me to include this whatever which right did you remember what it was it was like I don't and I'm glad that you referenced that because I I I remember in that moment I was like huh and because I I was confused by it 
I was like wonder. I was like, why would that sentence even? Oh, when I heard she, it, that she that she made the choice. Something maybe with a thong, maybe that like that oh. it was that it was Whitney's choice to. And I'm sorry, this could be completely wrong, but I think it was something about like Whitney made the choice to do something, and she uh-huh. wanted that uh-huh. removed, maybe. Which one could argue that what Heather included was to give Whitney ownership, but maybe Whitney's response was like, "I don't want to be seen in a certain light." But then we see mm. her oiling up Justin. So it's like, which, uh, again, more power to her. I mean, his employers had some thoughts, but like, and mm. I universally do not love any scene that involves whipped cream or a tub or body lotion and a hotel. I've never enjoyed it. I've always found it cringe, but it is also a Hallmark Housewives moment. And somebody's somebody's got to do it. And Whitney and Justin volunteer to tribute. Yeah. God, I just I can't believe we have to wait. I'm so upset. I'm so upset. I know. I'm a little upset, too. It's going to make this, uh, as we were mentioning, this, like, weird time and space vortex of, like, that you know, that tethers 2023 to the new year. It's, like, I feel like it's going to make it longer than usual to have to wait, which I'm, like, not <laughs> not happy about. Because what it's, like, it like the 9th or something, that, like, January is 4th or 5th, 9th, something like, I don't know, something like that. That it's airing. Is it two weeks that we have to wait? Yeah, because we're recording this Friday again at like 3 a.m. And <laughs> we should get it next week, but we're not because um, Bravo hates us. So we're instead we're going to get it the week after, which uh, it just kind of also maybe this is a terrible comparison, but I'm thinking ahead to VPR because VPR is premiering. Mm, and yeah. there has been like a little bit of a tiptoe around a conversation about um how whether or not the audience is going to uh not back off support of ariana but maybe judge ariana or hold her in a sharp or harsher light for like potentially continuing to say i'm not going to film with this man and maybe it being tom sandoval's like guilt and whatever being received more approvingly than um uh, than last year because like maybe people will feel some a certain way about hashtag systematic bullying if that is his uh, presentation for the class and I just wonder with Monica like if the cast is really upset if she does do something that affected many of them and they're like understandably upset if they're really really upset it could make her appear to be sort of like the victim of a group of people yelling at her over three reunion episodes and that could backfire for the cast, which isn't to say they don't have the right to be upset and isn't to say Ariana doesn't have the right to be upset. But sometimes that energy when it's all against one people connect with the one. So Mm -hmm. I wonder what the audience reaction is going to be to this. If it's three episodes of the cast, just like yelling at her, I'm not saying it's not deserved. I'm just saying like, I wonder what the energy is going to be like from the audience. It might endear Monica further with a subset of viewers. Right. Which then I think opens the door for endearment from some of her castmates and then they'll be like okay so i guess we'll film with her again like if the audience likes her like whatever i mean and also she's more you one could argue she's more valuable now than she was before because it's led up to this moment that wouldn't have existed without her doing too much right and she's a first a first chair girly 
first season first chair girly so oh my god and it's and it's uh versus heather right is heather in the first chair on the other side Did i, I make believe that up? i believe so this is gonna be it's i really think it's i mean spoiler alert i think it's gonna be really good but like this season has been really good and it's also been a really nice balance uh, especially with like some of the because all of these franchises have such different energies and they're giving us way too much we cannot have four housewives franchises but like potomac versus bh versus miami versus salt lake it's just like with the bh and salt lake specifically it's just two very different energies and environments and casts and i appreciate like the fact that we can deep dive both of them because i just think that they're both so different which I'm into and also just speaking of differences I just want to acknowledge that I came in a little hot about Dorit at the beginning of this episode and I have the ability to feel really fucking mad sometimes and I'm not I'm okay with that like I don't feel the need to do stuff that could be seen as potentially infantilizing a grown-ass woman um, which is different than maybe feeling empathy if Dorit felt under attack. I'm just not going to give her a single ounce of that because I just it would be dishonest from me. Like, I just think she really fucked it with her Instagram post, which really kind of tells you a little bit more about maybe her intention in wanting to attend a class about how to communicate sometimes or listen to other people's experiences. Um and it's not an experience competition. Like, at the end of the day, Dorit has not lived Garcelle's life. So for many people who also haven't lived Garcelle's life to just come out of the gate and be like, well, Garcelle's, you know, a bigger, more famous celebrity. So she doesn't have the right to have experiences that she's had as a black woman, let alone a black woman in Hollywood. I don't know. I just kind of like I get it. I get if that is too upsetting or too much energy or or feels too loaded, but I also have to say like Dorit obviously did not agree with Garcelle's upset. She didn't understand it, refused to acknowledge it or respect it, and then she doubled down on it as an LOL on social. So I think telling her to go fuck herself is like okay. Yeah, I mean, look, I, this is a bubble I don't want to <laughs> enter. This is not, not my, the, not, not the love bubble that I'm sure Teresa and Louie talk about. Oh, um, this, this bubble feels uh, very dark. And I, uh, I hope we can burst it. And I hope that Dorit is able to enter uh, 2024 with some new perspective possibly after listening to this episode yeah i'm sure she's Andy's girls. absolutely yeah. <laughs> i think there's nothing that tells me <laughs> Dorita's connected to the people's the people's people's couch than uh this kind of conversation and also there can be people you have every right to disagree it doesn't mean that feelings also aren't facts so a person can feel like very um heated about a certain situation doesn't mean they're right doesn't mean that that situation happened um which you could say about my feelings or someone else's um just because you feel things a lot does not mean that that's connected to the reality of what happened let alone the reality affecting the other person you're in conversation with um and that's the you know this is the thing like sometimes we're gonna have hot takes and uh you can disagree with them or not and um, if you don't, no problem. I mean, the thing is, like, I, I'm so frustrated and disappointed and heartbroken for 
however this is impacting Garcelle. It's just like, ugh, I'm like, I'm like annoyed for her. Um, but I will say in response to you saying Dree can go fuck herself, I, 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 I'm not saying that she can't or that she shouldn't go fuck herself because I feel like that is a valid response to what has happened. But I, I will say, I do think that Dorit in her heart, just from like the woman that I have experienced on multiple occasions, I do think she is innately a good person just with some blind spots. I am sure that she is a lovely person who's a great friend. I also think people contain multitudes. And if you yes. if we are only looking at someone as the um there's a reason that people might say to Dorit that she can go fuck herself and there's nothing more and they have every right to feel that way. There's also a reason that people are like she made a mistake and like that's all fine and good. I get it. But also people are complicated. And when you remove the complications and the complexity and the nuance, it's sort of doing a disservice to even the conversation and the points being made by Garcelle and Erica, because you're invalidating the experience by focusing only on the goodness. It's like, we are all complicated. I am going to say and do ignorant things. Like, I don't feel the need to shame myself to hell and back if I do that, because I think I have the capacity to like, listen, maybe disagree with some stuff, maybe not, and just kind of move forward. It's, it's really, you get to know who a person is when they are met with really, really strong critique and they get to decide who like because from this point on or one could argue many other earlier points on when there's been a similar conversation about Dorit and blind spots that's happened on TV. One could argue that like if she didn't know before, she does now. So what does she do with that information? Like you don't Dorit doesn't need to have the same experience as Garcelle's. She just hopefully doesn't invalidate Garcelle's which is what she is doing in real time. Like, yeah. I hope, I, you know, it, this is the thing at the end of the day. It's like housewives are not necessarily the moral authority, but the importance is like having these conversations and sort of having the conversation that for the purposes of time or energy or storytelling, the shows can't have, which is why is this thing maybe bad? Why, why do people feel so upset by this moment? And if you don't, or if you're upset that other people are upset, does that mean that the conversation shouldn't exist? Like, we all have our own experiences, our own biases. I know that, you know, there are people who want to believe that the world is a special flower and that we're all beautiful, unique snowflakes who um, are all treated similarly in life at every stop because that is your understanding of the world or your hope of the world. But that doesn't mean that's how the world works. That might be how your world works, but it might be different for other people's worlds. And nobody wants to feel like uh, invalidated by their own experience. But the reality is you are not going to have the same experience as a non-black person, as a black person does in this world. Like, it's just, it's it's not going to be the same experience. So hopefully we can have these kinds of conversations, including as two people who are not black, but, and had feelings about the episode. I think that's important too. Like, and you yeah. might be someone listening who's 
uh, and AGN is black and disagrees vehemently with the way that Dorit was treated or with Garcelle's response or Erica's response, you have every right to. I think there should be a diversity of opinion and a spectrum of opinion and our reactions to that. Um, hopefully we're not holding our interpretation of what happened, our reactions or Dorit and Garcelle's as the only opinions and feelings that a person can have, we're just sharing our own. As you were so eloquently discussing the situation, I totally forgot when Garcelle used the word privilege, you could like see like something like, it was almost like there was like a short circuit happening like in Dorit's brain. And then like, you could see the rest of the group picking up on that too and that was just like so emblematic like right now I'm like in North Carolina celebrating the holidays with my family and I have several um family members and loved ones uh who I don't necessarily agree with when it comes to socio-political issues mm -hmm. and their reaction to like the word privilege or white like they can't they can't it it they they can't like they turn into like a short circuiting robot like just like they it's just it's too much for them and so when uh, Garcelle used that word and I saw Dorit and the other women sort of like having this like sort of like visceral reaction to that word that was like immediately what I thought of and I, it just kind of like <laughs> it again it like made me sad like why can't you just like sit with it for a second just sit with it you're privileged sit with it and like soak it in and understand how it sort of like impacted your reaction in that moment but for whatever reason people just can't see some people can't seem to acknowledge that they live in this world with privilege and it doesn't invalidate if a person has felt or faced challenges. It it really doesn't. It doesn't right. to say that a person has privilege does not mean that is the entirety and that a person has lived a privileged life with only privileges and nothing else. It's just saying specifically. But isn't it so interesting that the idea of the word privilege would upset Dorit in such a strong way, but she doesn't understand why saying that Garcelle was attacking her was such a strong use of a word. It's interesting the ways that our, I don't know, maybe privilege can <laughs> enable us to feel upset about the uses of some words while directly seemingly denying or uh, lacking the, or making the choice not to understand the ways that other words affect other people. And it's not to say you can't say that a person is attacking you, even if you're wrong. It is to say that that word, as Erica Jane so eloquently put it, is different for black women. And that is something to keep in mind, regardless of your intention. As she said in her confessional, Dorit may not have intended to upset Garcelle to the extent that she did, but the impact still matters. Like, that still lands. And that's something you know, that exists. And I'm so sorry to circle back to it and continue talking for 95 hours. But I think it's an important conversation to have. It's one that we've had on AG before. We'll have again. And um, I still don't understand why Dorit's just costuming is so different this season. That is not the most important thing to pick up on from Beverly Hills this season. But I continue to be very confused as to Dorit's updated not glam but just kind of like costuming 
I mean, more to come. You know what I'm saying? More to come. Yeah, she might. There might be some developments waiting for us this season that will surprise and delight us. Mm-hmm. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for more Beverly Hills fun. Yeah, and also shout out again to Dorit's Beachy Waves and that sweatshirt, which I would 100% wear tomorrow. I will. Yeah, the, the <laughs> waves were so good. Like, that is a wave so I want to ride. Like, her hair really is just hair in the season. If, if, if she's doing anything right, it's her hair. If she's doing anything right, it's not even her that's doing it's right. That's doing it right. It's her glam. And so kudos <laughs> to them for that great honor. Evan Real, I've taken up more than enough of your time. We are literally recording at like 4.15 a.m. And I'm so <laughs> thankful to you for recording today. We're having some difficult conversations. We're doing it with some sass. And what more can a person ask for at the end of the day? Speaking of asking for it, my God, do I need you to do as many live events with reality, with your pal and mine, sweet, sweet Danny Murphy. I need, I was so upset to miss the last one. You guys do these incredible live events with like the perfectly curated mix of housewives and just a little bit of chaos with their energies on stage that is sublime. It's like not to be missed. Do you have any intel for us? Is there going to be another live event upcoming? Again, I could not more highly recommend going to them. They're so much fun. Oh my God. Well, thank you for your glowing review. Yeah, a lot, the last show was a lot of fun. We had like a really fun group of girls like from Winter House and uh, New Jersey and uh, the New York City. Yes, we had Jessel, which was like so exciting. Like Brynn and Jessel together is just, uh, it was so, so magical. Um, But yeah, I don't don't know. I know we're definitely doing some more in the new year. I don't know when or with who. My dream, I am manifesting. I'm putting it out into the universe. I really, I know we're definitely doing like a f- like a few New York shows, but I am hoping to do an LA show just because there is so much great LA talent, uh, LA uh, Bravo talent that I think that we could make good use of. So I hope we do an LA show. Um, I just I want to like take the show elsewhere, just you know, go on a little tour, see what we can do. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. The thing is, like we've. We've kind of like run through a lot of New York, New Jersey based talent. So mm. um, I, th- I think, you know, the only option is to like go go elsewhere. Um, but that's why like for like the September show, like I tried to take advantage of the fact that it was Fashion Week and have some talent who was like in the city for Fashion Week. So we had like Atlanta, uh, Cynthia, Beverly Hills. And so we had like some some cities accounted for across across the nation. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing planned. We just know that we're doing them. We just don't know when or with who, but I appreciate you saying such nice things about the live shows. They're a lot of fun and I love doing them with Danny, who is just the best partner in crime that I could ever ask for. And your energy, both of you on stage is like, it's so good. It's the perfect balance. It really is. It's like kadoos to both of you. Um, Listen, where can people follow you on social for up to date breaking news from, you know, my fave of faves, page six.com and get information on upcoming live shows and listen to episodes of your incredible podcast as eps go up. 
Well, you can um, obviously check out page6.com every day. Uh, but our our podcast, Virtual Reality, new episodes drop every Thursday. And then bonus episodes drop throughout the week, depending on who we interview. Because we like to, if, it, if it's like a good interview, uh, we'll drop the full thing on like maybe a Tuesday or a Friday. Um, our full episode with Danny Pellegrino is out right now. And he was just such a joy. And, you know, like I mentioned, if you're into Jessica and Brittany and Christina and those kind of girlies. We get into a lot of that, but of course we also get into housewives and Bravo and, and all that stuff too. Um, and then we have, what do we have coming up? I think sometimes we dip into the bachelor world. So Hannah Ann Celeste from bachelor nation, we have an interview with her coming up and she's actually uh, engaged to an NFL star. So she gave us a lot of great insight into uh, Travis and Taylor and when we can expect an engagement from them. So it was fun oh talking God. sports and Taylor Swift and bachelor nation for a second, a nice little break from Bravo. So if you're into any of that, that's coming up too. Oh, and then we do have an interview with Anna Marie scheduled <gasps> for January. So that oh should be God. a really interesting conversation. I'm excited to, uh, to unpack some things with Miss Anna Marie. Is it Anne Marie or Anna Marie? Because I hear it said both ways. This is my favorite thing about her is that like the show doesn't know because her lower third is incorrect. It is, I believe, Anna Marie, but people still call her Anna Marie and the cast doesn't know. So I call her Anna Anne because oh, it's I like Anna Anne. Okay. Right? Like, because it's just like, and who, I mean, you know, I'll get to know your name when you don't piss me the fuck off. So until oh. then, <laughs> until that point. Maybe we'll have you uh, pop into the Zoom. (laughs) I know. Wouldn't that be great? Just a couple questions for you from the office, Um, Anna Ann. Listen, speaking of questions, my question for the AGs, have you signed up for the Andy Scrolls Patreon? Number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. $2 a month gets you my love and thanks. $5 a month gets you two bonus episodes. $10 a month gets you four. And there is also a premium tier, the People's People's Patreon couch, where you can record a Patreon app with yours truly or have a private Zoom key key. Um, All of those episodes and more at patreon.com slash Andy's girls. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Mailed out my annual Bravo themed holiday cards. People should be getting them in the next couple of days. I might do some sort of like giveaway on Instagram because people have been asking if I can mail them some. So look for that on my IG. Trust me, they're nuts. They're it's crazy and this year is just like a mess so um (laughs) stay tuned for that if you have any interest and if not i totally respect that honestly game sees game um listen evan real thanks so much for keeping it real see what i did there thank you as always you know i love hanging out with you just a couple of marymount manhattan griffins just chatting having a good time (laughs) (laughs) always thanks to all of you for listening merry christmas to everyone celebrating hope santa brought you exactly what you wanted and more including obviously this episode and we will chat with you soon bye-bye